This is the Nippon Taikyu Cosmopolitan, Japanese endurance racing covered by an American. Welcome back to the Nippon Taikyu Cosmopolitan with another race rundown back-to-back weeks with back-to-back race rundowns as Super GT does return to Suzuka for round five of eight. With three races remaining after the end of Suzuka, we do have multiple fights for positions in the standings, both GT500 and GT300. And sadly, an update on Max Hoppy Racing. So let's get right into this. Before we get into anything, let's cover that Max Racing Engineering team sponsored by Hoppy. They are sadly withdrawing from the Super GT Championship in the GT300 class. This was kind of expected. That fire did set them back and they are a private tier team. They don't have the money just to go out there and buy a new car. They do still want to return. They did say that they want to get the funding to get a good car to maybe go back into the midfield and actually be somewhat competitive. They ran in 2020 with a Lexus RCF GT3, a spec FIA GT3 car, but then they moved on to the Supra GT300. They did get fifth in the GT300 standings last year and they were looking on the up They scored points in every single round this year so far, and we're looking solid to move up the field. But this really doesn't help them. Of course, you don't have a car. You're going to be out for multiple years. You could even end up with a few regulation changes. As I said before, I do make quite a lot of fun of this team. I do tease them all the time. Of course, it's easy. They're a privateer team. They don't have the big money, so sometimes they have to go get themselves some pay drivers. They also have a pretty funny name sponsor, which really doesn't help them out. So now I can't really make fun of them, but I hope they can return back to the series because there's no such thing as the series as too many cars, unless if you have Mahavir Ragunathan in a car along with Alessio Deletta. But besides that, I always want the grids to be stacked, but it's sad to see them go. But let's move on to that race rundown. So in GT500 for qualifying, it was much more predictable than last week and with back-to-back weekends tom struggles though which is a surprise but compared to last week uh, qualifying is so much more predictable than whatever the hell last week was both the number 36 and 37 have the worst qualifying session i've probably ever seen from this team and i've been watching since 2018 when my favorite driver former f1 driver in Jensen Button came to the series. This is the worst qualifying session I've ever seen from this team. They look like backmarkers during qualifying. They didn't look good and it's back-to-back weekends and they're right now pulling that Ferrari to make sure that they can't win that GT500 title. Speaking of Toms, Toyota did really badly just in general. From P11 to last had every single Supra except one. The number 38 had a pretty good qualifying session and they started P3. 
five. So it could just be Toyota in general. But of course, with Toms, they're a good team. With back-to-back struggling weekends, some of it did have to do with the team. You don't just qualify second to last and last just because of the car. The number 23 factory Nismo entry did show promise in practice, and they converted that to P2 in qualifying with pole position for the number 16 and a respectable P7 for the number 8. Championship leaders and DDP have a poor qualifying by starting P10 on the grid. They do lead that championship, um, but with Tom's struggling in qualifying, it's not as bad as it could have been. We've seen their pace all year, and they hope to fight their way up the standings through the field come Sunday. But besides all those surprises, GT500 qualifying is what you usually expect and much more predictable than last race at Fuji. But in GT300, the number 61 R&D Sport has really turned it around. They have now officially achieved pole position for the third time in a row. With some bad luck that first time in that race, they have completely turned around their season. They started off with an infamously bad start to the year, but they're now back. They can't challenge really for the title. They're an outside shot. Granted, a lot of drivers still mathematically in it, but you do have your drivers and teams that can really go for it with some outside of that. R&D Sport is hoping that they can use that, build that on to the next year so they can be competitive yet again in GT300. It is nice seeing a big team come back, but at the same time, it, it was interesting seeing that team struggle so badly. They were one of the worst teams with big backing. They are the only one that ran that Subaru. So it could be part car, it could be part team. We don't know, but they are now back the team looks completely different, as I did mention. They had an amazing weekend at Fuji with a podium finish along with that pole position. They hope to improve their qualifying and stay on pole, but also they need to refine that race pace so maybe they can challenge for some wins rather than dropping down a few places in the field. That 96 K-Tune squad has also had a great qualifying rounding out the front row they have been consistent all season they've scored points in every single round but none of the big points paying positions so they only set p18 in the standings behind them in p3 is a regular in the top five and that is the number four hatsune miku sponsored mercedes amg gt3 good news for me though personally is jlock they have been on the climb this season. I did project them to finish at least one car in the top five by the end of the year. That can still happen. Last week I said it probably won't happen, but they had a qualifying best P4. Back-to-back season highs for that number 87, who did get fourth at Fuji. And guess what? Not only the 87, but best overall. And the 88 got a really good P7. So they did show that they're competitive as they switched to that Lamborghini Evo Gen 2. The number 7 BMW Studi, though, did have a poor qualifying session, which has happened 
few times this season. They are still the favorites for that title with their pace. They started P13, but being the championship leaders and having an amazing recovery drive at Fuji, probably one of the best I've seen. They started towards the back and ended with a podium. They could pull a Max Verstappen and charge through the field come Sunday. But as you know, we always cover this on Monday. This race is already over. Team Studi, though, weren't able to get that Max Verstappen charge through the field. They actually dropped down on Sunday to P16. They didn't do very well, but still, they are definitely favorites for that GT300 title. They did get three bonus points, though, to help them out because they did just finish a lap down on the eventual winner, the number 18 upgrade NSX team. The 18 in their Honda NSX GT3 have now had two wins on the year, and with no points in two rounds, they haven't really been fighting for the title, but with this win, they're kind of now in it. They need to be more consistent though. They can't just go get themselves two wins and fail to score points. That won't help you. If they can be more consistent in the future, in these remaining three rounds, Maybe BMW Team Studi may not be the favorites for much longer, but that upgrade NSX squad isn't the only one hunting down the BMW of Team Studi. Theoretically, in the fight for the GT300 title, we have that 87 J-Lock car. They're not in that top five yet like I predicted, but if they continue what they're doing, they will and they could even fight for the title. They are kind of outside that, but it could happen. And speaking of the number 87, we've finally done it. The 87 is on the podium. My team in GT300 has finally gotten themselves a podium. Amazing race by Takashi Kogri and Yuyo Motojima on this weekend. I'm baffled though, honestly, beginning of the year, I didn't know what they were going to do. They were struggling to stick in that top five and even top 10 for the first two rounds, but they have really, really improved on the year. Maybe it does help with some people flopping like that R&D Sport car, but guess what? This weekend, R&D Sport was on it. So you can't really say that. So yes, some of the cars that are disappointing on the year does affect it but also they have been showing pace if they can't finish top five this year it's guaranteed top five next year maybe even a title fight for one of those cars these three rounds in general have just proven the doubters wrong they did move to the lamborghini huracan evo 2 fia gt3 bit of a mouthful there am i right and it was the right move for the team. The car has been so much better. They did start off pretty slowly once they switched to it last season, but it seems like they're getting a lot of development. A team that has turned around their season is the number 61 R&D Sport with another back-to-back -back podium this weekend. You can officially say they have saved their season they are even mathematically still in the title fight they are up to p8 in the gt300 standings they're definitely an outside choice i don't think they'll get it it's too late of a recovery for them even though you had 
three races in a row. It's just those those first rounds were horrendous for them with no points. But they did show their back, and it was kind of a fluke for them. Uh, they do hope they won't repeat the same thing next year. Somebody who isn't on the same spectrum as them, but the complete opposite is just the number 65 Leon Pyramid. They have completely fallen off a cliff these past few rounds, and they scored a whopping four points in the past three rounds. They got a win at the beginning of the year, and they did look like they would challenge for the title, but that's not going to be happening anymore. They scored no points and a DNF due to a loose wheel nut on the right rear tire this past weekend. Yes, it wasn't due to the pace of the car, but we've seen recently their performance is dipping, and right now, they don't even look like they'll be able to fight for a top 10 at this rate. I mean, that may be a little bit of a big prediction, but at this rate, if they don't get that reliability fixed or that performance, guess what? They're not even going to be close to the top 10 and they'll drop outside of that. Talking about throwing away your championship is the number 23 factory Nismo entry. We can not ignore what's going on with them. After winning the first race of the season, they failed to score double digit points for three rounds in a row. That drought was about to be broken after they provisionally finished P2, but after a post-race inspection, they were later disqualified. An action that scores you guess what? No points. During the post-race inspection of Ronnie Quintarli and Sugo Matsuda, their car was found to be in violation of rules relating to the car's skid block. I could not find any information on what exactly they broke with the skid block, but it was severe enough to get them disqualified. At this rate, they have no shot at the GT500 title, as that P2 would have given them crucial points in their fight at the top. They now sit P10 in the standings. That just proves also how close this championship is in GT500 and GT300, and the fact that more people should watch it. Good news again, sort of. For my GT500 team, Team Kunimitsu, with drivers Naoki Yamamoto and Tadasuke Makino, have now dropped one position in the standings, but they did have a solid race with a P7. It's just arrivals ahead, Arta finally learned how to win a race. Arta broke their streak of acting like the Ferrari Formula 1 team and bringing big upgrades to both cars. They finally got their first win of the season with their number 16 car of Nairei Fukuzumi and Hiroki Otsu. They now sit P3 in GT500, 13 points back on NDDP, 7 back on the number 36 Tom's cars, who now have an outside shot at the title. But a lot of journalists relating to Super GT, guess what? They don't think that this is going to continue and I do kind of agree with that. They have been doing this all year, where one car just seems to struggle, and the other one gets a penalty. This year, it does seem like that will continue. Arta is one of the top teams, and is basically a factory team of Honda. Honda doesn't have a direct factory team, but Arta is 
basically they're like Manti Racing in GT3 in the Intercontinental GT Challenge. Almost called it the Blanc Pond GT Series. That's an old name. I do kind of miss that. Pretty unrelated to this, but they are kind of a bit like Manti Racing. They basically are a factory team, just primarily run by someone else who isn't Honda. And guess what? People said this won't continue, and I do kind of agree with that. It's just this year has not been good for them. Penalties, bad race pace, it's just bad team management, it seems, this year. There has been no changes, so maybe it's just a mix of a bunch of different aspects. They may be able to get one more race with one of their cars this year, but they won't be fighting for that title. The main title is for NDDP and that 36 Toms car. Arta, outside shot, very unlikely they can bring it to the top. I hope they do, though. I do have a preseason prediction related to that Tom's car and Arta. So hopefully Arta can move up. But at the same time, I don't because of Kunimitsu. They're kind of outside of that championship fight. They do need to have a lot of luck. So I'm kind of torn on that, whether I want my preseason prediction to do well or hope that Kunimitsu can maybe win the title, even though it's incredibly unlikely. One thing that has been very art to like this season is what happened to their sister car, the number eight. They were running in the top half of the field, but on lap 69 of 77, Tomoki Nojiri got a puncture at the same spot that the 65 in GT300 had its rear right fall off. The speed was too high though after the puncture, and he went right into the barrier. He is okay though, but it really was unsavable. At least for Arta, they quit thinking they were Ferrari, and they hope to maybe fight for that GT500 title. And that is the end of this week's Nippon Taikyu Cosmopolitan. I don't know what the audio is going to be like. I am now in a new recording room, which at the current moment is going to switch every single week, depending on what is free. I have moved to university. A dorm room does not work well, so I am recording in some random study room, which does echo, but it seems like the microphone has been pretty good. So for now, audio quality could be off and on, but I'm still going to make sure the best it can possibly be next week for real this time we finally will cover that new honda civic type r with some weeks off and some recent races we finally have time to cover that i will be covering that and then in the future i do have another long-term project coming around anybody who is here for that jensen button episode guess what I decided to kind of make a sequel to that, not on Jensen Button, but I will be covering 10 former Formula 1 drivers who went to Super GT and how well they did. But for now, that is the end, so I will see you all next week on the Nippon Taiku Cosmopolitan. Goodbye. Thank you.